It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top story is the government again fails to explain how Hong Kong will reach an extradition agreement with Taiwan after its recent concessions on their proposal. Organisers of the annual June 4th vigil say they're expecting a huge turnout this year. And in the US, 12 people have been killed in a mass shooting in Virginia. The government has again avoided explaining how Hong Kong can come to an extradition agreement with Taiwan after changes it made to its own proposal on Thursday. The administration said earlier this week that extradition requests must come from a place's central authorities, not a provincial authority. But some have questioned how this will apply to Taiwan, where a Hong Kong man is wanted over the murder of his girlfriend. Beijing considers the island to be a renegade province. Chief Secretary Matthew Cheung was asked if Hong Kong government would be recognising Taiwan as a country if the agreement is reached. Let's not uh, labour about this point at this stage. I think the more important point is to get the bill enacted in the first place so that we can have a legal legal basis to take things forward. Chief Executive Carrie Lam and Security Secretary John Lee were also asked the same question earlier this week but did not give an answer either. The Secretary for Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China, Li Chuk-yan, says a huge turnout is expected at this year's candlelight vigil to commemorate the 30th anniversary of the 1989 Tiananmen crackdown. He believes the recent debate on the controversial changes to the city's extradition laws will motivate people to attend the annual event in Victoria Park on Tuesday. We believe that people of Hong Kong, after a lot of suppression from China in terms of our freedom space and uh, the threat of the fugitive order ordinance, people want to express their views, their opposition, their aspiration for democracy. And therefore, we believe that June 4th candlelight vigil is a place where it's an occasion where people can express that feeling, that aspiration for democracy, and that the remembrance of what happened back in June 4th when the legitimacy of this regime is being challenge because they have open fire as own, own people. So we believe that this year there will be a turnout that occupy the whole Victoria Park and also the Causeway Base. Twelve people have been killed in a mass shooting at a local government building in the US state of Virginia. The gunman died after a prolonged gun battle with police officers in the city of Virginia Beach. He's been described as a disgruntled municipal employee. The BBC's David Willis reports. Police say a long-time city employee walked into a municipal building and opened fire on his colleagues. The Virginia Beach Municipal Centre, which is adjacent to the City Hall, contains a number of city agencies, including the Planning Department and the Police Department. Among the injured was a policeman who was saved by his bulletproof vest. The gunman was killed after trading fire with officers. U.S. President Donald Trump has made a striking intervention in British politics, backing one of the current contenders for the office of Prime Minister and Conservative Party leader, Boris Johnson. Here's the BBC's Jessica Parker. In a characteristic defiance of diplomatic convention, President Trump has waded right into the debate about who should succeed Theresa May as Prime Minister. In an interview with The Sun, he says that the former Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson would be excellent, that he is a good guy and a talented person. He also says he likes another contender, Jeremy Hunt, but he's less warm about Michael Gove, suggesting that the Environment Secretary was wrong to apparently describe the President's approach to Iran a sabre-rattling. 
The acting U.S. Defense Secretary has criticized China's policies in the South China Sea. Addressing a regional security forum in Singapore, Patrick Shanahan highlighted attempts to restrict freedom of navigation and the creation of artificial islands. Mr. Shanahan also urged China to respect its neighbor's sovereignty. The BBC's Karishma Vaswani is in Singapore. The U.S. Acting Secretary of Defense Patrick Shanahan's message to his Asian counterparts was clear. This region is a priority for the United States. But the U.S. also reminded its allies that China's actions in the region shouldn't go unchecked or ignored because it is becoming more powerful and in the future will have an outsized role in this region. Mr. Shanahan said that competition doesn't mean conflict and that China and the U.S. can have a cooperative relationship in the future, provided that everyone plays by the internationally established rules. U.S. Defense Chief also said telecommunications giant Huawei is too close to the Chinese government and that makes it difficult to trust the company. Huawei has been hit by allegations of espionage and faces a ban in the U.S. A number of countries have also blocked Huawei from working on their mobile networks and companies have taken a step back from working with the firm. The charges about Huawei, that it's controlled by the Chinese government and is a threat to global security, have been strongly denied by the firm and Beijing. You're listening to RTHK. The time is just after five minutes past one. Politicians and business leaders in both Mexico and the United States have criticised President Trump's planned tariffs on Mexican imports. The Mexican president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, said he was confident Washington would not make good on the threat to tax all Mexican goods as punishment for continued illegal migration into the US. The US Chamber of Commerce said the move would cost American businesses, farmers and consumers, and it was taking legal advice. A national public inquiry in Canada into thousands of missing and murdered Indigenous women has called the deaths a Canadian genocide. The report puts the blame on state action and inaction rooted in colonial ideologies. BBC's Charles Haviland has the details. Canada's federal government says about 1,200 Indigenous women have been murdered or gone missing since 1980. But activists say the number may well be much higher, perhaps 4,000. Because the number is disproportionately greater than in the wider population, this new report suggests this may amount to genocide, although it acknowledges there are disagreements on whether this term does apply to Canada. The document is said to contain more than 200 recommendations to tackle the violence that Indigenous women face. It's a month since Syrian government forces backed by Russian aircraft began an offensive against rebels in the northwest of the country. Now humanitarian organizations have said the escalation in fighting is creating the biggest wave of displaced people since the civil war began. At a news conference in Istanbul on Friday, activists criticized what they see as the inaction of the in international community. Mohammed Zahed al-Mazri is a spokesman for the alliance of Syrian NGOs. The entire world is watching the massacre that's taking place and letting it pass in silence. It's also ignoring violations of human rights and international law. The United Nations hasn't even lifted its little finger. Sports now and in football for a preview of this weekend's All English European Champions League final. Here's the BBC's John Bennett. 
for the first time since 2008, we have an all-English Champions League final. Last year's finalists, Liverpool, take on Tottenham, who have never made it to this showpiece event before. Liverpool will start as favourites in Madrid. They finished 26 points ahead of Tottenham in the Premier League this season. They also have a fully fit strike force with the frightening front three of Mohamed Salah, Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane, all fully fit. Tottenham star striker Harry Kane, on the other hand, hasn't played since early April due to an ankle injury. He may have to start on the bench. That's a big call for the Spurs boss, Maurizio Pochettino. Liverpool won both of their Premier League meetings this season by two goals to one, although the victory in March at Anfield came very late on after a mistake by Hugo Lloris. Despite the odds being against them, Tottenham may feel their name is on the cup this season because they've got to this final, despite being minutes away from going out of the competition this season on five occasions. The fans are still recovering from that unbelievable comeback in the semi-final against Ajax. For both managers, Pochettino and Jurgen Klopp, it's the chance to win a first trophy since joining their respective clubs. It will be an emotional night. This is John Bennett at BBC Global Sport. The Tunisian football club Esperance have retained their African Champions League title in unprecedented circumstances. Their opponents, the Moroccan club Waidad Casablanca, walked off the pitch in protest at a refereeing decision. The controversy erupted when Waidad scored what they believed to be an equalising goal, only for it to be ruled out. The referee refused to refer his decision to the video assistant. After a delay of 85 minutes, the match was called off. And in tennis, world number one Novak Djokovic and Naomi, Naomi Osaka, as well as three-time champion Serena Williams, are all in action tonight at the French Open, with places in the last 16 up for grabs. Serbian Djokovic, top seed at Roland Garros, takes on the Italian Salvatore Caruso. He's hoping to become only the second man in history to hold all four Grand Slams at the same time, twice. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The government again fails to explain how Hong Kong will reach an extradition agreement with Taiwan after its recent concessions on their proposal. Organisers of the annual June 4th vigil say they're expecting a huge turnout this year. And in the US, 12 people are dead after a mass shooting in Virginia. That's the news from RTHK. Five, six, seven a.m. Radio Three. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till three p.m. This week, we commemorate the upcoming 30th anniversary of the 4th of June, 1989 Tiananmen Massacre in songs. Two hours just isn't enough. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. The 4th of June 1989 Tiananmen Square Massacre, an event that shook the world, still hasn't been properly addressed by the Beijing authorities, and saw an amazing number of artists, and especially singer-songwriters from around the world, support the students in their songs till today. We'll focus on playing the world music songs, amongst them that I have on hand, but also name the mainstream artists and their songs that they released as we go through the years. So we start off at the beginning, and that's the last days of May 1989, when the students of Tsinghua University in Beijing recorded songs in support of the student movement uh, who were already occupying the Tiananmen Square. 
The cassette recordings of these songs were made later available in Hong Kong. One pop song of the day that was particularly embraced and parodied by the students was Tsui Jian's 1986 song, Yi Wu Nothing to My Name, a song of unrequited love parodied by the students as unrequited attention to their demands by the Beijing authorities. So first, the original Tsui Jian song, segueing into the Tsinghua students' parody.